0: Where's Andia? Thanks for letting us use your yard.
1: All right, welcome into Lonely Town A Killers podcast with Jimmy and Derek. We are up today at the butt crack of dawn. Uh, to have a special guest, uh, a lot of people have been wanting some uh, interstitial uh, Nephi folks, and we've got a guy that was involved with more than that. Uh, this morning we have Andy Williamson with us. Andy, good morning! Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So you're kind of all over this album a couple of years ago, but before we get to that, let's talk about Nephi. And were you born in Nephi, or how did how did you come to get to Nephi?
2: No, my uh, my family purchased the Safari Motel in Nephi probably close to 30 years ago now. And so uh, my mom and dad bought it originally. And then after about five years, they sold it to my wife, Ton and I. In 2002, she was killed in a car accident. And then Tina and I, I met and married Tina. So that, that's what brought us to, to Nephi. Where were you from originally? I grew up in South Florida, so West Palm Beach, and we moved out west in 1986 and went from Florida to uh, Oregon.
1: So that's, I mean, Nephi's pretty different than uh, beaches of Florida.
2: Yeah, uh, and West Palm—that you know—that's where you know, by Palm Beach, where the Kennedys, you know, have their their compound and stuff. So yeah, we were just west of that. I was a big city kid, and then. Ton and I, uh, what happened is, is I was working for a furniture manufacturing company in Orem, and Ton was working at uh, BYU, and we had Alexa, our daughter. Ton wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, and I started working for myself at that time as a subcontractor for that company, uh, and I, I started building uh, hardwood bunk beds. And I purchased the, uh, the old lumber store over there, uh, geez, I can't even remember what street it's on in Nephi, but it's biggest uh, down there by Burt's Auto Body. Before they moved uptown, they had that lumber store there.
1: So what's it like coming from a big city to Nephi? Because that's quite a contrast.
2: I love the small town, and, and I am small town. So uh, it just, uh, it was like coming home. But Nephi is a little different. It's hard to break into. You're known as a move-in. Uh-huh. and uh for for the whole 25 years i lived there i was a move in
1: yeah we've uh we've talked about that with some other people as well um i i moved in in the fourth grade um so even though my parents yeah. even though my parents grew up and were from there i still think i'm kind of i i'm kind of a half half and half i'm i'm a move in but they know my parents so they were a little probably a little nicer to me than some people
2: yeah you know and breaking into the, the Nephi culture was difficult. It was a lot more difficult for my little brother than for me, because me being a business owner, I just there there were certain people I I got in contact with, and uh, but my little brother, he really got the brunt about moving in. I mean, when they tried to get they got grabbed hold of him up at the high school, and uh, tried to tape him to a tree out in front of the high school. You know, so the hazing was pretty difficult for him. Yeah, and I, I know uh, Brandon. He had a hell of a time moving into Nephi as well. Some of the songs he wrote, and not only that, but my dad and I were his family's home teachers when he was a kid. Okay. And so, I mean, I didn't I didn't personally know Brandon because, you know, he, he was a teenager, you know, so he had no desire to be talking to a couple old guys. But his mom and dad, you know and the and his family we were acquainted with and and they had a rough time moving into nephi i know brandon did i mean that's the reason he wrote that stupid song andy you're a star for
1: our for our listeners that aren't uh familiar a home teacher is somebody in the mormon church that uh basically you get assigned to go visit families make sure everything's uh, going good with them so you and your dad we're assigned to go visit Brandon's family every month and just visit and uh, make sure everything was all right with the family.
2: That's correct. Yeah.
1: And, and we, yep. and we
2: did often, you know, my, my parents, when they get an assignment like that, they're, they're right on it. And so we went every month. So probably more than that. Brandon comes from a large family and, uh, and his parents purchased a building called the annex and Nephi and, uh, it's a, kind of a, a different kind of an apartment building, and uh, so his brothers and sisters, think, you know, like all rented apartments from their mom and dad they, as they were getting started in life. The annex is a, an apartment building all under one roof with inside, inside entrances, so a, a lot of them lived right there with kind of in the family uh, group. Just good, honest, hardworking people. Down to earth, were good, stalwart. I mean, God fearing, active in in their faith with the Mormon faith. I mean, so they go to church, and you know, they were just those kind of people. I do remember that that brand. They had a uh, brother in law that was an electrician, and he was trying to rewire the the building that they were in. And I know that they worked hard on that, and you know, it was just uh, just the normal struggles, but a very tight knit family. Uh, did you keep so, in touch
1: with them after after they left or uh, moved away? Have you kept in touch at all over the years with them?
2: Brandon's sister worked for me at the motel, at the safari, up until the time she got a job at the hospital. And then uh, his brother-in-law, who just passed away recently, right after the album was made, purchased the, uh, the cement factory in town. Or the... Uh, oh, jeez.
0: Um, The landscape rock place.
2: That's right. Yep, that's right. Yep. And so they they were running that. You know, they just uh, were the kind of people that uh, just grind away, you know, just work, work, you know, take care of their family, family first, work hard. So after the album dropped and everything, uh, I did see Brandon again at the the funeral. And, you know, we said hi there. But I'm not a... uh, person who chases after fame or anything like that and so uh you know it was about brandon's brother-in-law passing away and so uh, you know it was just a hello in, in the hallway and that was it yeah that seems that to sense? be
1: yeah for sure um i think that's kind of the nice part about nephi in the small town too is uh brandon can go there and you know, have a funeral for his brother-in-law and attend and, and participate and not be not be smothered or, you know, have people wanting autographs or something silly like that. I mean, people kind of give you your space to to be
2: yourself and mourn and be with your family. Yeah, because it, it would have been totally inappropriate to to be messing around with that. And, and you know, even with Brandon in the backyard and stuff, I never asked for his autograph or anything like that. I do, I do have it, and the rest of the band members though on the contract that's kind of funny because they sent me this contract to sign and it was just, you know, like I was a major musician or, or actor or something like that. And I'm like, I said, I'm not signing this. I said, uh, you send me a contract in, in playing redneck speak and then I'll sign it, but I'm not signing this, you know? Uh, and, and so, so, uh, they did and it was about it was just a short paragraph and all four band members signed it and I signed it and then we went forward with the album where I was on it in a few spots so how uh how
1: did that concert come to be how did how do you get a killers concert in your backyard all
2: right so you know i, I received no compensation for being on the album okay but you know for me the whole the whole experience was in comp- compensation for itself, you know, because it wasn't about money. It was just about being, you know, for you know the enjoyment of doing the having this experience in my life. And so they're all like, yeah, we're gonna uh do a uh an album drop event or something like that. And so we just gotta find a place to do it. And uh I'm like, well hell, do it in my backyard. I'll set up the big griddle and I'll cook off some peppers and onions. And uh, we'll just have us a good old hometown barbecue, you know. Because I like I have this big uh, griddle, and uh, I like cooking peppers and onions and and uh, sausages. And I'm like, let's do that. And they're like, they're like, that's a great idea, Andy. And then they came to me and they said, you think you could build a stage? Because they <laughs> want to come and you know. And I'm all like, geez, yes. I'll just uh, I got this old tri- uh Trailer. I'll just cut the axles out from underneath of it, and we'll set it on the ground, level it up. And they said, "All oh, that'd be perfect." I said, "But my backyard—I got all these old cars and stuff." And they said, "That's exactly what we're looking for." <laughs> i <I'm> like, "Okay." <laughs> so, so then they came, and those guys—it was unreal. Those guys treated my grandkids like gold. You know, they just uh, were down to earth. You know, just just treated my grandkids like gold, you know, and part of the album, my grandchildren, they were young uh, and they had moved into the house. Tina and I owned the house next to us. And they moved into that house. So they, they were right next to us. And so every time the train would go, my grandkids would run out and, and to watch the train because they loved to watch the train. And in the interview, they started asking, they were asking me, they're all like, you know, what do you know about the train? I'm like, well, every couple of years, somebody's killed by that train. And it's a tragedy, you know. And I mean, Derek, if you're from our community, you, you know that every, co- you know, every two or three years somebody gets killed by that train. Mm-hmm. And, and we all talk about how they should put those uh, crossbar, you know, bars up on all the, you know. And it's just terrible. And then they asked me about those two young high school kids that got killed on the train. And uh, you know, it's just sometimes you wonder. If somebody wants to check out, if that's not the way they do it, which is, you know, it's really sad, but, uh, I think a lot of the times the people, it's an accident, but you know, sometimes it's it, circumstances are questionable. I mean, no one really knows cause no one's there in that person's head. But, uh, but you know, Nephi, it can be kind of a hard town to, to live in. I know that was really, really hard on my little brother. Uh, he won't have anything to do with Nephi. Yeah, still, still won't come back or, or want anything to do with it. No, he won't. No, no. And you know, honestly, Nephi ran me out of town, so I don't live there anymore either. Yeah, I was going to bring that up towards the end, but I guess we can go there.
1: Yeah, you're you're yeah. no longer than Nephi. Yeah. A lot, a lot of our people that listen uh, like to drive down to Nephi and kind of make a visit since the albums came out. And, uh, on Main Street, you're one of the spots they drive by or, or mention they saw Andy's, you know, garage, but you're not in, you're not there anymore.
2: No, no, I, uh, oh, I, I can't even remember. In that, I, in that car accident where I lost my wife, I, I had a pretty good, uh, head injury, I think. And I say I think because I don't remember a whole lot. And, yeah. but I have neurological damage. And, uh, and part of that, uh, I, I, in 2008, I just—and you'd think that it, it coincided with the uh, the co- economy crash then, but it didn't have anything to do with it. But I just finished building a fourplex, subdividing some ground, and building a fourplex, and I got sick, and uh, I uh, I got PTSD. So from 2002 to 2008, uh, I, I worked and had built quite a a little business and. And so we were doing pretty good. So must have been about 2010 or 2011. Some kids uh, from the community, and I say kids, they were, uh, my kids were juniors in high school, and they were classmates of my children up till about people that that were in their 20s. So from, uh, what were they, from 16 to to, in, in their 20s. Uh, they decided they were gonna have a beer party at my motel, and uh, I had already gone to bed. I'd taken some sleeping medication, my pain medication, and my other pills, and, and gone to bed. But they—they they were having a beer party at my motel, but they were really tearing the place up. And so uh, the the other people in the at the motel had called the cops out. Uh, I think they'd been out three times. And then finally, one of my daughters who was there came and, and woke me up and said, hey, Papa, the kids are tearing up the motel and mom's having problems handling them. So, you know, I, I really wasn't in my right mind, but I went over there and uh, I told them they had to leave and they, they, uh, they attacked me and I hit one of them in the mouth, knocked out five or six of his teeth. And then, then I did something I shouldn't have done because then they really got aggressive. And uh, I was in my pajamas. <laughs> so, you know, here I am standing there in my PJs. I went over and got my pistola and brought it back over. And I was going to run them off. Well, unbeknownst to me that one of them was a deputy sheriff's son. And so he was on the phone with his dad the whole time. And they had a gun, too. And I didn't know this until afterwards. My my attorney that I hired found this out. And they were trying to to sneak up behind me and I shot a round off in the ground to drive them away and then about then the police showed up to uh to help me get rid of them oh no they arrested me <laughs> <laughs> so so I went to jail and uh all the kids that were underage they disappeared and then I only got charged with the kids that were of drinking age and an assault charge. And then they tried to put me in prison for three years. I was serving in a bishopric at the time. (laughs) Did you know that, that,
1: Derek? I I didn't know that whole story. I know know you've talked about it on the film and a few different things, but I didn't know the whole background to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So So, I, I was serving in a bishopric at the time. So, you know, I'm not a bad guy, okay? Yeah, but, I don't think uh, any—I don't think anyone thinks you're a
1: bad guy that I've ever talked to.
2: But you know, I mean, I definitely I shouldn't have done, shouldn't have only got my gun. I mean, that I shouldn't have done that. It doesn't matter what was happening; I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think we all make mistakes, and I think you have definitely had to to pay a little bit for
1: that mistake that you made. Is that why you left Nephi ultimately? Then, uh, you know, uh,
2: so after that happened, I had to serve some jail time. So I went to jail for thirty days. But they kept, uh, the police kept harassing my family. So every time my wife would get pulled over, I'd get pulled over, you know, just, just harassed. Like I said, one of those kids was a deputy sheriff's son. And so uh, there was some definite animosity there. And so it, it was time for us to, to, to leave. And uh, when the economy did what, it, you know, hit a spike, we sold our property and left
1: so before all that when the killers are going to put out this album how do you get involved with that who contacts you and how does that all come come to happen
2: so i had a garage in town uh where we worked on cars we were kind of a shade tree shop you know i mean we had all the all the right tools and, and stuff but we worked outside our lifts were outside and and you know but uh so we were out there one day just working and these guys come uh, walking up to the motel parking lot. Now, I had sold the motel by this time, but I'm kind of like a bulldog. And after I sold the motel, it had turned into a kind of a rough spot and a lot of drugs and just, it was not a very nice place. And so uh, these guys come walking up through there and I'm like, well, I want to know what the hell they're doing. So I'm like, oh, how, can I help you guys? You know, and then they're like, well, we're doing interviews, you know, and I'm like, well, hell, interview me. Cause I will talk. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, so, uh, an hour later, an hour and a half later, they're all like, Oh, we got all we need. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> and so they, I said, all right. Now I said, now you got me in the can. That's, uh, that's a reference to brother. Where art thou or, uh, for those, uh, the soggy bottom boys, they, so <laughs> in the can. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I said, now you got me in the can. Tell me who this is for. They said, oh, it's for some guy that used to live here in town that's a singer. I said, oh, you mean Brandon? Because, you know, like I said, I'm familiar with him and his family. And uh, and they're like, yeah, yeah, do you know him? I said, well, I know of him. And so that was, that was how we did it. So they and didn't then, tell you beforehand? We, no, no, they told me after they did the interview. But they asked a few few questions, just like you and I are doing now and and I won't shut up. I just ramble on, but you know forever, Brandon he only claimed from being from uh Vegas, kinda didn't say he say that he was from Nephi, huh. as I understand it, yeah, that, that was recently
1: yeah, that was one of the things uh me and Jimmy started this podcast about when that album came out, um but we'd went uh-huh. to a con- we'd went to a concert before. And Jimmy was on the golf team with Brandon, and I was. We were a year behind him in school, so uh, we were familiar with him and had a few classes and stuff. It wasn't like we were best friends or anything, but uh, when we went to this concert, we're like, "All right, he's going to talk about you know being from Utah or Nephi or or say something." And he didn't mention a word about it. And then we're like, "What's going on here?" You know. So when the album came out and it was going to be all about Nephi, we're like, "All right, he's going to finally at least acknowledge that you know he's from here." So. It was
2: kind of interesting. Yeah, and honestly, when he came to the to that concert, he was visibly nervous about the way he was going to be accepted back in, in the community, honestly. you think it was just
1: kind of like your brother? Like people just kind of bullied him because he didn't fit in or wasn't the right last name or whatever? Or do you think there was more to it?
2: No, I think that's about it. I think he just had a rough go. I think, Brandon, I think it just, Nephi can be kind of rough to break into.
1: Yeah. Did you ever talk to Brandon at all before the concert or anything about
2: Nephi? No. No, never brought it up. But I think there's enough evidence in his music that that it doesn't really need, you know, that it's it's there. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, You brought up earlier uh, I mean, star. Yeah. So what conversations have you had with him? I think
2: I have had like zero... Conversations with Brandon, so you, you know. So I, I just, I've, I've really had very few conversations with Brandon, and, and they've been very, uh, you know. I don't really know the young man. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. He just, we noticed on the documentary, he said he acknowledges that you're you're hosting the concert. It says thanks, Andy, for letting us use your backyard. So we wondered how how well you knew him.
2: No, I mean. Like I said, he probably doesn't even remember I was his home teacher because, you know, at that, you know, when he was in high school, you know, kids don't want to have nothing to do with those dumb home teachers that come to the house. and You know, <laughs> you, know you know, yeah uh, and, and, you know, like I said, my connection with the family is more through his sister. But no, so I, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that I'm Brandon's best friend or, <laughs> yeah. or anything. Or, uh, I, I knew his brother-in-law good man uh i knew his sister and i knew his mom and his dad yeah it seems like brandon's gotten more
1: religious um lately in life or maybe it's always been there but he's just be more vocal about
2: it i don't even remember if uh brandon was active as a as a kid in church but i know his parents were yeah, yeah a lot seems of his be- brothers and sisters were
1: seems to be pretty important to him now in life uh he's done a few a few fundraiser type things for um, some organizations like that and if you listen to some of his songs a lot of them do have uh kind of a church or religious undertone about um whether it's you know families or god or that kind
2: of thing so it's it's amazing how when we get older that those things they become more important to us again you know yeah for sure i think the whole
1: starting to have a family and wondering which way your life's going and Especially in his situation, yeah. I mean you gotta have something to keep you grounded. I think.
2: Yeah, and you, you know what that that is one thing I think about him from from my experience with him. He has not let the Hollywood feel overpower who he is. It's a better way to say he hasn't bought his own hype.
1: Earlier, you were talking about the train, and that was kind of a, a theme in the album, and your your grandkids uh-huh. and stuff watching it. Uh, but you also brought up drugs and, and the hotel and stuff. And another theme of that album was opioids. Do you have any, uh, I guess, thoughts on oh, opioids in, in small towns, Nephi, um,
2: anything like that? I, I just know that it has ruined a lot of my, lives in Nephi. Yeah, it was. it's a terrible thing. My cousin let him ruin his life, and uh, uh, he committed suicide. And then I had... Uh, uh, friends in Nephi that it just, it ruined their lives too. I don't know. It's just a a tragedy how those drugs can, uh, destroy people. Yeah. I mean, it it
1: happened everywhere, I guess, but why, why do you think in Nephi it hit so hard, especially, uh, with, I mean, the religion and everything in there being pretty prominent. Um, do you think it was just people seeking it out or just getting, uh, prescribed by doctors and becoming (laughs) addicted or.
2: So, you know, uh, I hate to go on a tangent here, but uh, we've opened Pandora's box with me here. But I've done a lot of personal study and and questioning on this subject. And uh, my opinion is people get addicted to drugs when they don't handle pain very well. And so uh, emotional pain, physical pain, just any kind of pain. And and, uh, that's their way to to escape pain. And so really the drug addiction is the symptom of the problem and not the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just my opinion. I mean, I'm just a dumb old redneck, you know?
0: Well, you talked about the audio recording they did, you know, you got to speak into the can. What at some point I'm assuming the, they came back with a camera crew for the, for Oh the video. yeah.
2: So, so after, the day after we did that, then they, they contacted us and said, we'd like to come back and video your family. And like I said, my, my grandkids live next to us. They spent a whole day at our home video videoing our family and my grandkids and family environment. And they were supposed to give us a copy of some of the video, but they never did.
0: So is that but, uh, your grandkids it, playing in the sprinklers in the video? Yes.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those are my grandbabies on that splash pad. Oh. <laughs> and they just wanted to see some hometown stuff. And, and you know, we don't have to pretend to be hometown because we are hometown. And, and you know, we're, we moved to Arizona. We moved into a really small community. So 3,500 people. And, and it, it's really amazing because once we moved here, uh, my wife got hired as a school teacher. I'm in business for myself again down here. And we've been here a year, and some of the things that were being blocked because of uh, our experiences in Nephi are, are seems like those those roadblocks were removed.
0: So, the contract they had you sign was that for the concert or for the recordings? Do you know
2: for the recordings?
0: Oh, okay, just a release that yeah, they would they could use your voice on the album.
2: That's correct, yeah, but
0: I mean, they're the original contract was have you ever seen
2: one of those contracts that they they use yeah (laughs) in the industry yeah that's just bizarre and there's just no (laughs) way i was going to sign that to be able to use my likeness and my voice for for timing and and all eternity and (laughs) and throughout the universe and i'm like i'm like i'm like okay no I'm like, if you guys can't trust me, then no.
0: But it, uh, so, your contribution was worth enough for them to, to write up something smaller because they really, you know, they really valued the, the, the contribution that you made, obviously. They included yeah, you in a lot they of stuff. Wanted to use, they wanted to use my
2: content, that's for sure, yeah. But I told them, I said, I just want a plain speak contract. And so with me and the band members, that's it. And so they were like, yeah, we could do that.
0: so you have a copy of that
2: I do yeah awesome yeah and 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 we we have the uh, we have uh, Brandon's uh, manager's phone number and a few things like that but we're we're real protective of that information sure Uh, so you know we would never give it out and and we don't call the man because yeah uh, because you know that's not part of the deal, you know, sure. But, you know, but when when we were getting everything ready, we needed to contact the, the manager and the band and stuff. And I think one day eventually I will uh, kind of, I'm uh get to get some tickets to a concert and then uh, contact him and ask him to, to upgrade us or, or <laughs> get behind, you know, go behind and, say hi to the band or something like that but you know yeah i don't I know think if you, that'll actually happen But
0: i think you deserve that i think they'll let you do that
2: yeah you know uh, but it was uh my wife really likes the music and, and so do i but I, i'm funny because uh i have a killer's t-shirt okay and so uh, i i'm a biggest redneck around okay so me to wear a band t-shirt is you know it's not it's You know, but I wear that killer's t shirt. And then I I tell everybody the story. I stop and tell everybody. (laughs) everybody. My wife I said, This is my band, I'm a member.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Practically. (laughs) And then people
2: my wife, she rolls her eyes and walks away embarrassed. (laughs) 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 Some people enjoy the story and some people think I'm an idiot. (laughs) <laughs> which I guess is pretty close either way.
0: <laughs> well, I think we have the same experience when people listen to our podcast. So some people like it. Some people think we uh, idiots. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, and, but good. I do. I, I love telling the story. And so, so honestly, my pay that I get out of the, the whole experience is, uh, is the story because I like to tell stories.
0: What was your response when all the stuff finally came out, when the album came out and the documentary? Were you, you pleased with, with the result? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think
2: I was well represented. I think if you listen to it, you, you get an idea
0: of who I am. And,
2: you know, yeah, I mean, if the two fifths, wear it. You know what yeah, I mean? They,
0: they didn't cut it up in a way to make you sound different than you actually had presented yourself. It was it an was accurate portrayal yeah, of the I, interviews.
2: I, That's right. I may sound like a dope, but it's because I am kind of a dope. (laughs) So, you know.
0: (laughs) No, I think they wanted a a sense of what people from Nephi were like. And, you know, like you said, you didn't have to act. You just were yourself. And that's what they were looking for.
2: You know, and there's a lot of guys in Nephi that are, are, I think, like me, that are, uh, you know, hard workers who've done well for themselves. I was a- acquainted with a lot of the contractors and because and, that's where I spent a lot of my time in that field. And, and for the most part, those guys are pretty good guys and uh, never uh, hazed me or anything like that and, and treated me real well. So, you know, uh, a- after Ton was killed in a car accident, Ton and I had decided before we that we were going to remodel our bathroom. And so our bathroom was in dis, disarray. And so this is, this is the other side of Nephi. Okay. So our bathroom's in disarray, you know, no shower, no tub. And we, we were using the motel, uh, because we owned it. And so, uh, after the car accident, Tom's dead. Uh, I've got broken legs, broken arms, uh, busted ribs. My daughter has got a crushed intestine. Uh, and the guys in the community that I was acquainted with came into my home and put my bathroom back together. And those people, to this day, I can say nothing but good about them. And uh, uh, Larry Ingram and his wife helped me uh, with the funeral. Sam Mehmet and his family helped me. And they helped me put that bathroom together, Larry Ingram and, and Sam Mehmet and Greg Ferry and those guys had always treated me like gold. And we were really good friends with RJ and Gail Bryant. You know, Ton was really good friends with Gail. And so, you know, we had uh, those people in our lives who, you know, they show how good Nephi can be and how great it was. And so we had two sides, you know, we had that, and then we had the, the other experience. And so, does that make sense? yeah you know the you know so so we had this great small town acceptance and love and then we had an experience that wasn't so great
0: yeah i think you see that on the so you, on pressure machine on the album too you've got dirty cops and kids that are considering ending their life and then you've also got the quiet town that talks about the great people and salt of the earth and you know you you got you got both sides you can see that too in the album i think
2: yeah and then those guys I swear, throughout my life uh, and my experience there, Sam and I worked together. Like, I cut my fingers off. while I mashed them off building the fence around my pool at the motel. And Sam took his time and took me uh, back and forth to the uh, surgeons to help repair my hand. And uh, like I said, those guys, they just were great people, are great people. And, and I'll miss them dearly. But, you know, it was time for us to move on and, if somebody's listening to this, uh, we got a lot of people that like to come
1: and visit Nephi after this album. Um, what are a few spots uh-huh. that that you think people would find interesting or should go if they were to come to Nephi just as, you know, almost killer
2: tourists? So, you know the older the older part of Nephi, it's got some really beautiful homes, and I think I always enjoyed that. You know the, the sign on the Safari Motel got a, a some uh, history to it. It came off the sandstone hotel and casino out of vegas so you know i mean i don't know that you want to stop for a whole long time but you know you should look while you drive by (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but you know the old side of nephi to me is is the best side of nephi but you know nephi has also got some really beautiful new homes too it's a community that's really grown and has a lot to offer people as far as like any places to eat or, or anything you'd recommend on that that front Oh, uh, yeah, place to eat. Oh, yeah, so uh, Stampede. You know, everybody loves a Stampede. So, you know, there's a guy, he's in uh, Mexican food. Best Mexican food in Nephi. That's, that, that's as far as I'll say for the best. But the best Mexican Nephi is the food truck outside the family of dollar. I've never had that. Yeah, so you should go see him. I hired him to come down and park in my driveway uh I've got a big family and feed our family during the stampede. So <laughs> during the parades. Uh-huh. And uh I think I think everybody had all they could eat, all they wanted to eat and everything. It was only about three hundred and fifty bucks. So it's not bad at all. For for a large yeah. family. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, uh, you're talking you're talking thirty something people.
1: Are uh, we missing any, any no, I, stories or anything we should ask you about that we haven't?
2: No, I think that's about it. My wife tells me I've I've talked too long. <laughs> Do
1: you, uh, I don't know if you want people to try to find you or come visit you or come to your businesses or anything like that. Do you want to plug any of those, or are you just off the grid in Arizona and that's where you want to be?
2: No, I, I got we got our stuff going here, and and uh, we're good here. Uh, we'll kind of leave that like that. We're not really off the grid. We're doing well. I do spray foam insulation now. So I'm still in, in construction. And, uh, you know, like I said, my wife, she, she got hired as a special ed teacher. And she couldn't even get hired as a janitor or a Nephi. But that's, that's neither here nor there. But, uh, yeah, so we're doing – we're all right here. It's a good good community. Oh, what brought me to, to this community is my son's the seminary teacher here. Yeah. So it was a fun experience and I wouldn't trade it. Uh we
3: we wish we listened to his music before he came though. We didn't really know him
4: very
3: well. <laughs> That's and right. then after he was there we're like, Oh my god, we really? oh my heck, he's amazing. We should have got his autograph and you know, but we didn't really know any of his songs until yeah. after he was there and we realized that, you know, we were extremely lucky. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite killer yeah. song? Uh, Tina, do you have a favorite killer song? Read my mind.
0: And be still.
2: And be still.
0: Good ones. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's I I like Pressure Machine.
0: But
3: we might have wrote The Man about Andy. Just kidding.
0: <laughs> 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 I doubt that. <laughs> but it's
3: a good song for Andy because it's your life. is the man.
2: Yeah. Nothing
0: nothing can keep you down.
2: Yeah, I think that I think that was probably about his dad
3: a guy that loses
2: everything <laughs> he's a really bad gambler oh
3: he's really, uh. like, <laughs> yeah he's a little bit cocky so maybe it is yeah,
2: maybe it movie. is about me
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I have some,
2: some nephi ties in there after all yeah anyway like i said we have thoroughly enjoyed our experience there and uh we think Brandon is
3: I will tell him tell him that I think that he was scared to death
2: yeah I told him I told him that. I think Brandon I think Brandon is an amazing artist
1: yeah so, we, we agree with you there well thanks for your time I know you're busy and got things going and to make time to connect with us I've been bugging you for a few weeks here months or whatever it's been so <laughs> uh we do appreciate it yeah you know I I know you've had a hard time in Nephi in a little bit but of everyone I've talked to I I've, I've never heard anyone say bad words about you I know my dad really likes you and stuff for what that's worth so um
2: oh I, I and I I love your dad he's a great guy great guy
1: Yeah I I'm lucky to have him uh, for a father
2: for sure so we just wanted to yeah, thank you for so, coming on Yeah and I I appreciate uh, the opportunity and and I hope you guys enjoyed visiting with me
3: <laughs> oh my gosh we are so lucky we are like we had no clue if we didn't know we'd have told everybody <laughs> but we didn't they said, yeah we didn't mean jimmy so didn't get the. Said,
1: okay me and jimmy didn't get the invite we didn't get to come and see the concert so we didn't really
3: didn't know what was happening we 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 told our kids and they're like mom are you kidding me so they said we could tell our family so our family came. But we did not understand the magnitude of that man. Honestly. I, had, I we did had not a, know what he was a, uh, to to <laughs> I had a
2: sister in law flying from California to, to, oh come, my to God. come see. We
3: but we did not understand really who how big he was and, and he's so flippant talented. He's so extremely talented.
2: This is Andy and that's another episode down from Lonely Town.